Good afternoon, Bibi Wood. Welcome on VH Berries. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am exceedingly grateful. How is your day going? <laughs> My day is going well. Um, it's very rainy outside. Um, the, the beginning of autumn has, you know, started, which is always nice, you know, the change of seasons. Absolutely. And I noticed that there are actually two red carpets in your life. The one from theater and the one from the TWA hotel at New York's GFK airport. Yes, yes. It's an amazing <laughs> space. I, I love the, uh, the TWA hotel. They were very, very gracious to... Um, to let us film there. And it's, it's so iconic. Like, um, yeah, I, I just, I can't believe that they let us film there. And, you know, obviously that's where we shot the, uh, the music video for don't call me flower, but, um, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> you recorded, uh, one of the track, the video clip of one of the track of your, uh, new EP uh, called mm -hmm. 21st uh, Century Hippie and this track mm -hmm. is called Don't Call Me Flowers mm -hmm. starring B.B. Yes. Wood, Rebecca uh, Basor and also Lindsay uh, Hales. Yes, yes, we had an amazing, amazing group of women um, working on that. Rebecca was um, the director and Oh gosh, it was such an amazing time, like collaborating with her. And it also <laughs> felt like a little bit of a vacation. I mean, at least for me, probably not for her because, you know, directing is very stressful. Um, but it, it kind of felt like a vacation in a way because we were all staying in the TWA hotel while we were filming at the TWA hotel. Um, and it was just such a fun group of people. I think, um, Yeah, it just felt like a vacation and it was like a beautiful, creative, collaborative vacation. And then my friend Lindsay is a very, very good friend of mine who um, we like basically grew up together in um, in Kansas City. So we used to do like theater and stuff together. So um, I've always known Lindsay. And so, yeah, it was just it was so much fun to, to collaborate with everyone. I would love Bibi Wood to discuss about the creative process behind uh, the release of this EP of those uh, six tracks because 21st uh, century hippie is a 21st century masterpiece. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what what praise. I, I am flattered. Um, Gosh, yeah, it's funny. I didn't, I mean, I certainly, I wasn't trying to write an EP necessarily. And I certainly was not trying to write a 21st century masterpiece. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, I think like, I just started writing songs, basically. Um, and I didn't necessarily have an end goal. I just knew that I enjoyed writing songs and It was honestly just something I did in my free time, you know, like you sit in your bedroom after a long day and, and people have their things, maybe playing games or listening to music or, you know, hanging out with friends. I think for me, 
Um, just playing instruments was my way to decompress. So, you know, after a long day, I would just sit in my room or um, sometimes like in the bathtub. Like I wouldn't even fill the bathtub. I would just like sit in my bathtub with like my clothes on, just like playing, playing guitar, <laughs> whatever, singing. And, um, and that was very relaxing to me. So yeah, um, I think I kind of realized, I don't know, maybe like a year or so after I um, started writing songs, um, I must have been like 16 years old. Um, I was like, okay, I think there's something here. Like maybe I could record these, maybe I can share them with people. And I just happened to meet um, some really incredible people that encouraged me to, to pursue music, I guess, um, more full time. And um, one of those people was Ted Hutt, who is sort of maybe like my musical soulmate and one of my favorite people I've ever met. And I'm so grateful for his friendship and his mentorship and just existence in general. Um, and we met and I played him the songs that I had. And he was like, yeah, I think we could, I think we could make something. I think we can, we can make something really cool here. And I had a lot more songs. I think we just narrowed it down to those six. Um, they felt the most in line with each other, if that makes sense. Obviously, you know, when you have a group of random, you know, songs, like 10 or 12 random songs, like you, you want to pick the ones that would sound the best together. And, and, and we sat down and, and we kind of, you know, uh, chose our favorites. There was a couple that I was like, oh gosh, I like really want to put these on um, with the EP, but we just, you know, didn't have enough like space or, or time. Cause already like six songs is, is kind of a long EP. That's kind of, you know, a lot of songs for an EP. Usually it's like four uh, or sometimes three, but um, you know, we, we just started recording and and we were at this gorgeous, gorgeous studio in, in Eagle Rock, California. And, and it was just such a magical time. I, I was, I don't know how old I was. I was 18, maybe. Um, we, we recorded it kind of a long time ago. We recorded it in, in 2019. So, you know, that's a long time ago. And, and we released it last year, 2021. And so that's, you know, kind of a long time to wait before releasing something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just like, it, it was a magical time and a magical experience. And, and by the end of it, we had, you know, six songs and an EP. It was a magical time, B.B. Wood. And I feel that you're treating your creativity and your songwriting as much and uh, in the same image that you are treating the plant that is just next to you very well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And my plant appreciates that too. My, I've never <laughs> been complimented or my plant has never been complimented. Why would I take the credit for, you know, that? But... Yes, this is, I think it's called a mother-in-law's tongue and it's a great plant. So thank you. 
And B.B. Wood, one of the very first elements that we can notice when listening to this uh, six-track EP is obviously the EP cover. And there is a lot to unpack here because you included a lot of flowers, of cats, mm. not real <laughs> ones, and also <laughs> under the table, a very large and unique suitcase. Yes, there is a lot of stuff in in that photo. Um, and it may surprise you, but we created the whole thing. It, it was a set that we made in a lovely little studio in London. And we had several sets um, within that space. We had that set and then we had another set, which which the photo has actually never been released. We never um, ended up using it, but we had like two more sets. Um, one was like the set for the Matthew Street cover, which is just the single, the single artwork, which is just like a plain backdrop. And it's sort of an homage to a, a photograph of George Harrison and, and John Lennon together. Um, and and I wanted to to recreate that because um, Matthew Street is sort of a, a bit of a love letter, I think, to to the Beatles, um, a band that very much shaped me and and not only who I am, I think, as a person, but who I am as an artist. Um, so I wanted to honor them in that photograph. Um, and then we had another um, we were releasing or we're supposed to release 21st Century Hippie as a single. Um, and we didn't end up necessarily doing that. Uh, we did, but just in a different way than we originally intended. Um, so there was another photo, like a 21st century hippie photograph, um, that kind of, um, resembled like an old, like theater. Um, but we didn't, we didn't use that photo and it's still not out. I've never, I've never posted it or, or shared it, but, um, that set for, uh, the, the 21st century hippie, um, you know, EP cover, um, that is sort of a, a nod to this photo of Truman Capote that always tickled me. And I really don't know why it always tickled me. I think, like you said, you know, all the random cats are just so odd. Um, I was just like so fascinated by this image of Truman Capote. Um, and so I kind of wanted to recreate that and in our own way um, and add elements to the environment that means something to me or um, are referenced within um, the songs themselves. Like there, there are definitely little Easter eggs in, um, in the photo, I feel like. There's a few um, <laughs> possessions and like things that I reference in certain songs, certain items. Um, so if people have, I don't know if people have caught on, but there's a couple times in the songs that I mention certain things and those certain things are hidden within the image um of of the ep so um you know if if people have found any i would i would love to know what what they have found but um yeah i think it was half my you know just being sort of you know mildly amused by this truman capote photograph and then also like wanting to breathe life into it and and bring my own sort of thing to it um but it was so much fun fun my friend um Seb shot the photo and he's 
brilliant. He is just a genius artist. Um, and I'm so thankful. Um, and then my friend Natalie, um, who's also a musician and she's incredible. Her name's Natalie Findlay and, and, and she's just wickedly talented, but, um, she was our like set designer. So she, designed the whole thing and I mean it was a matter of days so just the fact that we were able to to get it all together so quickly and I was only in London for a, sh a short amount of time just it all came together very quickly and and I'm just so grateful for you know everyone participating and, and collaborating and being so willing to to lend their time to the project you know um so it all came together it all came together, B.B. Wood, and there are many layers because not only we can see some Easter eggs, but there are actually uh, cats uh, into the shape of eggs. And you yes, just mentioned... <laughs> you just I didn't even think about that. Absolutely. And you just mentioned that it was actually the pictures were, were actually taken in London, England. And you have a very special connection with this city and country because at age uh, three, uh, you were actually there to watch um, something called uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on the front yes. row. Can you tell us yes. a little bit more about it? Yeah, um, when I was like three, my my parents took me to, to London and and we were just on a family vacation. You are like brilliantly good at this, by the way. Like your segues are impeccable. I am like so enjoying myself right now. Um, but uh, yeah, my my parents, they, they took me on a family vacation and we went to go see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I, I'd never gone to the theater before. So it was very, <laughs> it was very new to me. And yes, keep in mind, I was very young. I was like three. Um, and we were sat in the front row. There's a very infamous character in this show called the child catcher who is very scary. And, um, the British version, I think was, was way scarier than the American version. I think they like, um, when they brought the show to America, they made him less scary. Um, but in England, I just, I remember him being quite terrifying. And, um, in the middle of the show, uh, the child catcher, he had like a sickle, like a little hook. And in the middle of the show, he leaned over and tapped his little, you know, sickle on my nose and was like, I'll get you kitty witty. And my parents freaked out. They were like, oh my God, like we're sitting in the front row. Like if she starts crying, like we're gonna have to walk all the way from the, you know, front row all the way to the back. Like how embarrassing, like what's she gonna do? How is she gonna react? And apparently instead of crying, I just started laughing and I loved it. And I was just like giggling up a storm. Um, and yeah, after the show, I was like, well, what is this? I mean, I love this. Like, who is this guy? Like, what does he do? So I asked my parents if we could go meet him. So, you know, they, they, um, took me to the stage door and I got like my, you know, playbill signed or whatever. And, and I was like, what do you do? And, and he was like, I'm an actor. And so, um, I remember I was like, mom, dad, can I start taking acting classes? 
And I think from that moment, I was pretty sold. I, I think that was the, you know, initial moment that I, I recognized that I think performing is something I would like to do. And as a child, I think I always just thought of it that like, it wasn't a hobby, like it was going to be my, be my job. And um, I don't know, I was just like very set on it, um, which is funny. I don't know why or where that came from, but I think like I was just set on being a professional actor. And I think that experience in London had a lot to do with it. This experience has to do a lot to do with it, B.B. Wood. And you just mentioned uh, that character, a very, very scary character named mm -hmm. the Child uh, Catcher, uh, initially mm -hmm. played by uh, Robert Heltman in the 1968 uh, original uh, movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the original movie in so long, but... I started um, listening to um, the like cast recording, the soundtrack, and there are just some beautiful, beautiful songs in that show. Um, like Hush by Mountain is one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful songs I think I've ever heard. And, and it has stuck with me since childhood. Um, so maybe one day I'll, I'll record my own version of Hush by Mountain. Absolutely. And B.B. Wood, one thing that uh, you told me last time that uh, really catched my attention was one sentence concerning acting and singing and the <laughs> relationship between them, which is, if acting is my passion, music is my soul. <laughs> yes, I did say that. I think it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think like, People often ask me, if you had to choose one, which would you choose? And that's such a hard question for me to answer because, you know, if acting is my passion, music is my soul. And like, I don't want to give up my soul, certainly. And I also don't want to give up my passion. Um, so it's, it's definitely hard to choose between the two. And I don't think I have to necessarily. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think like music is something that comes from within yourself and while acting also comes from within it's just a different part of your body it's just like a different bone in your body um you know obviously in acting you are pulling from from your life experiences to understand the character that you're playing right you have to empathize and, and sympathize and sort of gain respect for the person that you're playing not not only through listening to them and hearing their voice within the text, but also, you know, relating to them. It's just like how we do in real life, you know? Um, we relate to people and that is how we, you know, uh, uh, gain um, feelings for those people. That's how we gain like, you know, a uh, relationship with, with that person is by relating to them. Um, that sounds like counterintuitive, but you know, I think like, Um, yeah, I think like that is acting, right? And, and music is very much the same, but it's just your own voice. Um, rather than reading the text and, and making it your own, you are the, the creator of the text. You're the writer. So, um, it's, it's all you. So, you know, as an actor, you get a script 
and there are words and you you study and dissect the words to better understand your character and when you write music you sit in front of an empty page and have to figure out how you feel and um write about it which is daunting both tasks are daunting but in different ways um but but music is is my soul for that reason and acting is my passion because it's something i've always loved and i will never stop loving if i understood correctly bb wood um songwriting it is much more personal because you are the one crafting and engineering everything for example right. that lyrics in matthew street cobblestone below my feet Yeah, and it's simple, right? <laughs> like the the image of cobblestone below one's feet is so simple, but you know, I have specific memories of that. Like when I sing that, I know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. And what's magical is that like, you know, even though we all have different lives, someone might listen to that and also have a similar memory, even though we're completely different people. Um and they might be able to interpret the song in a different way than I intended, which I think is part of the magic of it really you know um the song can mean something to me and and also mean something completely different to someone else and um the song like when i write music i feel like it helps me just it's like therapy honestly it 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 like helps me process certain things or it helps me understand my emotions or or sometimes music for me just serves as a camera in a way and i can sort of take a picture of a memory um through melody or through lyric or whatever um but yeah i don't know i i think like for other people it it does the same um even if their story is entirely different i don't know if that makes sense Absolutely, uh, people listening to 21st century hippie can relate to it in very different way. I just mentioned Matthew Street. This is my favorite track. I really like the mm -hmm. video clip with the uh, some of the lyrics that are uh, well, put it into much. the video, and also with a very fancy layer all around the frame of the video. Yes, yeah, um, my friend Jaden. Um, <laughs> made that and and they're so talented. I mean, they did that in a matter of days and and the rest of the video was like shot around my like neighborhood. Um and so uh yeah, I mean it was very much like a a, a home sort of homey sort of like labor of love and I really like that video for that reason, but Jaden they did such a fantastic job. And I think that's paint. I think they like painted on like glass um and and sort of I don't actually know how they did it, but it's brilliant. Um so yeah, I I really I really like I really like that video as well. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the artwork of uh, Jaden Becker. And to come back to the EP cover, there is uh, one item that I just mentioned before, and I have a question for you, Bibi Wood. Yeah. What are you hiding in that giant suitcase? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, 
I don't know, would, would the allure disappear if, if I told everyone, you know, um, maybe, you know, it's, it's the element of surprise, you know, and that's, that's what adds the allure, the mystery of it all. Well, I, will ha I would have to uh, content myself with uh, that piece of information about it. And <laughs> one very important chapter, Bebe Wood, of your journey, especially those uh, three last years, is a television series on uh, Hulu and Disney Plus called Love yes. Victor. Can you tell us about the genesis of uh, this project on your side? Yes, totally. Um, it all started in summer of 2019, like very early summer, I recall. Um, and uh, we had just finished um, recording the EP, actually. Um, and I came back home to the East Coast to visit my family and my friends. And um, I got a, a an email, basically, um, you know, saying, hey, like, we have an audition for you for this um, show called, uh, it, it's called, Lo like, Love, Simon spinoff. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was super excited <laughs> about it because, um, oh, wait, I'm totally, I, I got one thing off in my timeline. What's funny is I was actually in L.A., um, supposed to go to the studio. <laughs> it was like... I don't know, maybe a couple days into um, recording the album or recording the EP, we were probably like four or three, four, four days into recording. And I got an email, Love Simon Spinoff. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to audition for this, but also like, there's so much going on. Like I need to, I need to like find time to record my audition for this. I remember this because then I went to one of my friend's houses and and we recorded the audition together and then right after that i went to the studio to record one of the songs for the ep um but yeah i recorded that then and then i went to um to the east coast just to visit my friends and family after we finished wrapping up the ep and i think because the ep was going on like i really wasn't thinking about um love victor or love simon at the time i, I just i think it had just like slipped my brain and I think that always happens as well, like with the ones that you like, or at least in my experience, like I have auditioned for certain projects where I'm like, oh my God, like I really want this. And then like you audition and then just kind of forget about it because there's like, I feel like when you book a job, it's always when you're like the most busy or like when there's so much happening. So you're not even really thinking about it. Um, and then it's the ones that you're like hung up on. You're like, oh gosh, I like want this so bad that you, you know, never get. Um, but I was like so excited about the project. We finished it, finished the uh, the EP, and then I went back home. And then I got an email, and they were like, they really responded to your tape. Do you want to, you know, um, tape again and and do a callback? And I was like, yes. And it all clicked for me. I was like, oh wait, this is this is awesome. Like I get the callback. Like this is really cool. Um, and I was a really big fan of um, Love Simon the film and and. Becky Albertalli just just in general so I, I was really pumped about like auditioning but I'm also not the, t the type of person that is like oh like I'm gonna get this you know what I mean like I really wasn't thinking much of it and and after I sent in the the callback audition 
um, I got a phone call from Isaac Aptaker basically telling me about the the ideas that he had and kind of where he wanted the series to go and and I was really really interested in in all of the things that he he was saying was like resonating with me really deeply and so I think I just like really connected to it and then they offered me the job and and I am so grateful that they did um because it was just one hell of a three-year adventure you know after that so um that was the the origin of my you know experience in time on love victor um which you know it, just the auditioning the auditioning way of of life um but I, I ended up going to LA to shoot the first episode in August and when we shot the the entirety of season one from like August to December and it was 2019 you know it was it was fantastic I was feeling on top of the world I just recorded the EP everything was going really well and then you know March of 2020 happens and obviously the entire world changes in a matter of you know moments really and it was all so uncertain. We didn't know when we were going to go back to work. We didn't know if we were going to go back to work. We really didn't have any idea. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you remember how uncertain life was at that time. So we just waited and, and, and our show came out in, in June of 2020. And it was amazing to just see the outpour of love and support from, from the fans. And it, it was truly magical. And then, you know, we, we basically, um, started filming season two and, and it was pretty awesome. I, it, it was crazy, right? Cause I, I've been working for so long. I think like in my head, I have like a routine, right? Like a set routine. I, I know like I'm going to show up to work. I'm going to do these things to make myself feel prepared. The entire thing was turned on its head. Like I had never worked on a show during a pandemic, you know what I mean? So that was like a whole relearning process, which I actually think was really helpful because sometimes when you do so many things the exact same way for years, like it can feel a little like you start getting into this routine that maybe isn't like, I don't know, it, it's just like nice to switch things up, I think is what I'm trying to say. So even though it was like a kind of crazy way to switch things up, I think it was like, a, a good reminder to like okay stay fresh like stay you know present and all of these things so um you know we we filmed season two during a pandemic which was crazy and totally unprecedented and I, I haven't done anything like it before and then we filmed season three which was a little bit more relaxed because at that point we had all been vaccinated so um it wasn't as stressful I mean it was certainly stressful but but just to a lesser degree um so you know, it, it was truly a crazy three years, a wonderful three years, and I feel so grateful to have had the opportunity to to work with so many incredible people, both cast and crew, and honestly just tell a story that, you know, um, represents so many people and, 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 and tells a story that deserves to be told and needs to be told. So um, I feel so grateful that I was able to be a part of it. You were very grateful to be a part of it, Bibi Wood, and this is always the same story with you. Each time that you're going into audition with your friends, only Bibi Wood gets the port. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it really, it really depends. It really depends. You, you can audition for, for 
hundreds of things and and you'll be met with no more often than not and then you know sometimes you you get a yes and it is very exciting and I feel very lucky and blessed that like all of the times that I have been told yes are for projects that I truly love and feel really passionate about I feel very very lucky um very very lucky for that your character in Love, Victor is called uh, Lake Mary Weather. Can you tell us about uh, her uh, personality and what you have in common with Lake? Totally. I think, you know, it, it's funny sort of talking about Lake now after the fact, right? Um, Cause now I have the full story. I, I feel like when, when people would ask me this question sort of like in between seasons, you know, I, I would be able to tell certain things, but not the full picture. And I think maybe my favorite thing about Lake and, and playing her was just seeing her growth. I mean, she, she changes so much from season one to season three and, and, and she really just kind of, discovers who she is and and you know i think the great thing about lake as a character is she's always like confident she's always like bold she's all always like larger than life and and true to herself even though she has her insecurities like we all do you know um she was always so just true to herself which which i loved but to see that like i don't know she she just embraced not only herself but her friends and in in her surroundings and in such different different ways by season three i think um i don't know i think i think we we have a lot in common and also you know nothing in common somehow i i think like you know i i think a lot of her um insecurities revolve around what her peers will think of her and i have a very strange experience because i didn't go to high school so i don't i never necessarily had like high school peers when i was in high school i was on a show and i was the youngest person like the the youngest person above me was in their 20s so i i wasn't necessarily around my peers so i, I feel like I, I had less peer pressure in that way which i'm grateful for because that isn't an easy thing to to deal with um and and lake certainly um you know has to to i don't know learn how to see and 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 look past the the noise a little bit um to to sort of be truly comfortable with who she is um, but you know, I think she has a love of like pop culture and music and I think she, she loves her friends and she's super loyal and, and, um, like being silly and funny. And I think like, I love all of those things too. In conclusion, the lesson from that character and from everything in general, as you just mentioned, is to stay large in life. Thank you very much, Bibi Wood. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you.